Absurdity podcast. A lot of people in the news lately for uh, sexual harassment claims. So we're going to go ahead and make a gambling game out of this and start a pool of who's going to be next in the sexual harassment claims. So far, we have some pretty logical selections uh, Steven Seagal, Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey wishing he was Kaiser Soze right about now. So who else would be somebody that you would put as a logical candidate to be next up on the chopping block? One person I was thinking was uh, James Franco. You know, he's a guy that's kind of known as a Romeo. But I could also totally see him abusing that privilege and just going, swinging for the fences on anybody, whether they were interested in it or not. Yeah, I mean he is a he's a decent looking guy, but he's got a he's got a real air of like weirdness to him. Right, I feel that's kind of the key is like you have to have a little bit of confidence going yeah. in to think that your ridiculous move is going to work, yeah. and then you combine that with your quirkiness and you got a full on you know home run swing coming. Sounds like you guys had a real hard on for James Franco <laughs> ever since Pineapple <laughs> Express, <laughs> man. I've really been a fan. I mean, I don't know that he, I don't know that he would be like Richard Gere good looking, but like obviously he's an he's an attractive guy, and I feel like he's just weird enough More to just be like way. to look at someone and just be like my hands on your snatch. What are you gonna do now? Like and, and pull that move, which he's I think is a big thing with with predators. Yeah, you know? he's not gonna grab the pussy. He's more just gonna. Soothe it. <laughs> I feel like he's still a criminal, but that, uh, that uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation. Like as long as you have a hole, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's fine with diddling. attacking it. He's just diddling. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's a it's a weak point on yeah, your body. Yeah. So he's like, he's trying to find the angle to get into it. Get into it. Well, uh, my my first. My first thought was Tom Petty, but uh, my sources <laughs> say that it, that's not going to happen. He's a habitual line stepper. So after that, I, I'd go uh, Steve Buscemi because uh, <laughs> that guy's not going to get any action otherwise. I mean, yeah. that's unless he steals it. It's going to have to be sexual assault uh, for for him to uh, score. Yeah, perhaps the least believable role I've ever seen in the movie was in Armageddon when Steve Buscemi was a somewhat ladies' man. And I was like, you know, I don't know how much money this character is yeah. supposed to have, but that's that's quite the stretch. I, I think putting him in the, the free category is a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I feel like he, he must have uh, been sick and tired of being typecast as the, uh, <laughs> the ugly guy in that movie, and uh, he, he somehow had somebody give him some favors. Yeah, well, Stay Woke, he, yeah. was the, he was in Con Air, which was also Jerry Bruckheimer, as the serial killer. Yeah. And so then, you know, he moved to another Jerry Bruckheimer movie in Armageddon. And so he got 
different roles. So Maybe think, we're on to something here, yeah, and so he has sexually can get assaulted on. Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> <laughs> From, While Tom Petty yeah. played the background. Breaking news. Uh, right. So, all right, well, we solved that one. So let's, <laughs> let's see who else that we can put behind bars here in the next few minutes. I put my money on uh, Sylvester Stallone because you can verbally assault someone sexually, and nobody really knows what the hell he's saying. <laughs> so, right. yeah, he uh, could or could not be. Right. Plus all those Rocky movies, uh, you can't tell me that they slipped all those punches. I mean, some of them look like they connected, so there might be some CTE stuff going on with Sylvester. So uh, I'll throw my, my hat in the ring for, uh, for plus, Cliffhanger. Plus yeah. he, uh, he started in porn, so... Uh, I mean, it's being easy. Well, that not, porn is not harassment. That is too consensual. Touche. Oh, yeah, yeah, Under a binding contract. <laughs> See, I was going to go with somebody like a Dolph Lundgren, just because, like, uh, I mean, his whole persona is, like, I'm, uh, I'm like, badass, and, and I don't think his English is too good, and so, like, is it would it would be something like of his culture like he could harass someone and, and not yeah. even know he's yeah and it would, you would probably think somebody actually like a like a Jason Alexander uh, to be honest with you I know that's a big hero of yours John right, uh, right. but uh, you know the guy has the fame but he doesn't have necessarily the natural look. Yeah. And he and, was a woman beater in Pretty Woman. And he was so a woman. We, we've that's right. That, yeah. That's we've right. seen that previously. Yeah. In his, you got to look for a guy like that, that 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 in his mind he is above his station, even though like screen aside, placed out in the real world, he is just you know a shorter man that you know that's bald. I like and, where you're going. Can we throw in on that then though? Like guys that were sex symbols that aren't anymore. Because like Ted Danson. I mean, in Cheers, he sexually harassed people all the time, but he was That's attractive true. and it was a show. But I bet yeah. Ted Danson's still out there somewhere sexually yeah. harassing You don't somebody. turn Sam hey. alone hey. off. And Kelsey Grammer is somewhere Ted. binging around the whole head, too. I don't know. Like Kelsey Grammer just looks was like somebody that was good. Ted Danson no, is no. still <laughs> a sex symbol. I mean, he's a gray fox. Okay, there. gotcha. Yeah. Uh, talk to my mom on that one. Yeah. And I would have I put Woody Harrelson in there, but I heard an interview with him recently, and... That dude is somewhere else. He ain't with us right now. Like he is that too whole, much hemp. Too much hemp, you know. I, which is fine. But I can see I think Woody him being would, asexual. If, I thought. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, if you were, he has you different know, vices. Yeah. He, he is a hemp guy, and I think that that uh, if we want to make a uh, you know a stance being uh, pro marijuana or hemp or whatever. Woody Harrelson's not a threat to anybody, all right? And not even to himself. He That's how he sounds. He just, he's floating through the universe right now. And so yeah. we don't have to worry about him. Ted Danson, different story. Yeah, yeah. Ted Danson's in a hotel right now touching something. <laughs> <laughs> but just so we're clear, it is, it's not okay to jack off in front of women. Like, <laughs> like, we just, we just need some clarity exactly. on the issue. Yeah. Is there a textbook or something we can refer to? I mean, even if you announce that that's what you're doing, it's not, that's not yeah, okay. Yeah, because if you're Question not touching mark, them, oh. nobody told you you had to look. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think, like, if you want to, if you want to, you know, say the sexes are equal, it's kind of like me going to Walmart and seeing something wearing stretch pants that have no business wearing stretch pants. <laughs> Damn right. I mean, nobody tells me I have to look. If it catches my glance, I mean, it, Damn Can I charge them with sexual harassment? And back to the whole sexual assault thing. Just the whole jacking off in front of uh, females. 
<laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't dare catch myself jacking off in a mirror. I, I would think that would be the most unattractive thing ever. So, yeah, you got it. It's like, pretty. It's a brash move. For yeah, sure. I, I mean that that couldn't that couldn't cross your mind as I'm going to jack off in front of this chick and it's going to turn her on. You know, like yeah. that. There's there's nothing less sexy. Yeah, that's than not sexy. Right in front of yeah. you. Yeah, that's true. Abuse it. <laughs> when you describe it that way, I picture Buffalo Bill in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Like, yeah, there's you know, yeah, I mean, that, there, there's nothing, know, there's the nothing yeah. sexy about yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, that's there's a deeper problem there than uh, just trying to uh, trying to get some. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Moving into the college football portion of our show here just some observations from the season thus far first thing we were talking about was james franklin um everyone's favorite coach now at penn state the flavor of the week all right is it fair to say that he kind of looks like a penis now you know he kind of has he wears like a little pullover jacket he has his little glasses on kind of a cone head um I never really noticed it before. I don't know if it's just because he's more in the spotlight now or maybe it's kind of an age thing. As he's aged, he's become more penis-like. But um, I feel he kind of looks like a flaccid dick. I feel like he often sports the mock turtleneck as well. It kind of looks like a... That totally enhances uh, your penis. Circumcised. I like like what you said about as he ages, he looks more and more like a dick. Because I feel like... My own personal member, like as it gets older, it like it, it's more of a stereotypical penis, you know, than maybe it was in my younger days. Like as my younger days, maybe it felt like a hog, felt like, felt like a rod, you know, like it was. And now it just looks like just a penis. It's just a standard. Penis. That makes me sad. That makes me feel like my dick's aged like Lou Holtz. <laughs> Slurring stuff and <laughs> spitting every once in a while. Every time. Incontinence. Yeah. Every time I slide into the bath, it looks like Lou Holtz is yeah, drowning. Just no semblance. It's just kind of flopping around <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I, I would say an observation I had about the season is how over I am about people talking about the greatness of conferences and ranking conferences. I think it, that is it. A practice of futility, I guess. Is what, is what yeah, I've always thought that was a move that people whose team sucked would pull so uh, they could have a bragging card. Well, and as SEC fans, but I don't even talk about like the analysts. They're like, like uh, I feel like a couple of weeks ago was, well, the Big Ten, the Big Ten's one of the best conferences, and by God, they ought to have somebody in the playoff. And now that like teams are getting multiple losses, and you got like all white Wisconsin sitting there like <laughs> like they're the one team left. They're like, well, maybe the Big Ten won't get somebody in this year. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's pretty much when they say that, I feel it. That just means that the team that you had thought was going to be good yeah. and the marquee team isn't at the top. Like Ohio State and Penn State yeah. lose, therefore the Big Ten yeah. sucks. Well, the, you know? the Pac-12 is one of those, too, because everybody's always trying to tell you the Pac-12 is good and they're going to have a team that's going to make noise because they know no one on the East Coast watches the Pac-12, and so it makes you seem smarter if one of those teams actually jumps in there and does something. But really, Pac-12 football and, and you know, coming home aggravated from these U.K. games, I watch a lot of West Coast football. It's a lot of generic football. There's 
no one there stands out to you. I mean, they don't have athletes. Yeah, like from an entertainment other. value, it's yeah. it's good. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, they're good when they're playing each other, but you just don't see it. Like, well, from what you see, even at you know a UK game on on Saturday afternoon, if you think about that playing like those type of athletes playing the little finesse guys out there on the West Coast, it just doesn't make sense to you that that, that you should worry about them at all. So that that I just think we waste too much time worrying about. Is the ACC good? No, the ACC is not good. Clemson is decent. And, you know, the, the SEC, they're probably not very good either. You know, it's like they're all equally bad. They just there is, a, there is a gem that comes out of all of them. And so it's Alabama and the rest. It's, right? Alabama, it's Alabama and the rest. You know, well, it's Alabama, Clemson, and, like, obviously if Ohio State's not going to be good, then, well, that one's taken out of there. You know, it, it's still the same damn teams that are good, you know. Oklahoma's good in the Big 12, except they definitely don't play defense there. Well, I say, yeah, bringing up the Big 12, that would be my take, is that, like, I always found it interesting college football. It's almost kind of like, what do you call them? Something like a teeter-totter? Yeah. Right? It's, it's seesaw. Seesaw. Seesaw, yeah. yeah. Uh, leave it to the guy that's not allowed to be within 50 yards yeah, of the playground yeah, to know the right. seesaw. Right. Um where, where, you know, it used to be you had all these good teams that were run-heavy, or at least pro-style, yeah. and then they've moved so far to basically spread that, uh, you know, you've seen all these defense adjust by, you know, nickel packages yeah. basically the entire game. If you've got any kind of talented line and back, or, you know, and you could recruit that way, it seems to me like you probably have a lot of success running a more what we would call traditional offense. Yeah. Just because the defense, is, yeah, the defense has fallen so much on, uh, you know, we've got to get – you know, we've got to be smaller and fast. Not you know, everybody's been hating on run. Kirk Ferentz at Iowa for 20 years, yeah. but they've just been waiting it out. <laughs> now, <laughs> now everybody else is running the spread. Now he's yeah. the gimmick. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, who, why, who is this guy that has three tight ends in the game? Or Paul what Johnson. Are we there? You, you immediately call a timeout when they put three tight ends <laughs> yeah. and a fullback in. Well, and and then, because yeah. you don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, that's why I said some of it depends on like where you recruit. Because like Nebraska never should have went to the spread. I mean, if you're in Nebraska, the one thing you know you can recruit is 335 pound white guys that can go forward. Just yeah. go forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Lawrence Phillips ain't walking through that door. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, they were, R.I.P. I don't know. Oh, it's, oh, I was gonna. I thought he was going to say bars. I yeah. he was behind Did he bars. Did he himself in prison? Yeah, himself yeah, in prison. You're yeah. both correct. You're both yeah. right. Yeah. All right. High five. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, I like to bring this this conversation full circle back to the uh, James James Franklin is a penis. Uh, if, your, if your penis was a college football coach, what would you? What, what would it be? Oh gosh! I would like to say that my penis would be uh, Mike Leach because that's interesting. You, well, you don't know what it's going to do. I mean, you know, hey, go for it on fourth down uh, from from your own twenty. You know, yeah. what? I don't know when it's going to get erect. I don't know. Uh, you know, just walking through the mall and it's. Gets a hard on. You don't you know? know when it's gonna have a big game show up and yeah. it's just gonna yeah. putter out early and get stomped. Yeah. yeah. I'd have to say mine's like Steve Spurrier because it quit two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure which coach, but it would be the one that has a good game plan going in and then as soon as the game starts, <laughs> just completely falls apart. Terrible at halftime adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah. Uh, I, Mine definitely needs a get back coach. <laughs> <laughs> I would think John Ears would be more like uh, more like Joe Pa in the fact that it, it just turns a blind eye to the freaky stuff. <laughs> it just wor- worries about the end result. <laughs> I'd like to think mine's like Dabo Sweeney, just you know, just happy as shit to be there and just surrounded by better talent than what he deserves. <laughs> just, just trying to make some slapstick effort to make something happen, you know. All right, gonna take some reader questions here. Feel free to hit us up. We are on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, Six Pack Absurdity. First question here, Contrarian, read it to us. Okay, this one comes uh, to us via Twitter uh, from uh, at blonde hair, blue eyes, and uh, it's a multiple part question. Uh, it spanned over several tweets, so I'm going to try to break it down uh, in layman's terms. Uh, it, it starts out, all right, so you live next to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hitler. Uh, they have a young child named Adolf. Uh, the scenario is uh, you are able to go over and punch young Adolf, and somewhere in this, you know that Adolf eventually will uh, commence to uh, have mass genocide on the oh, Jewish race. Oh, we're doing some time traveling. Yeah, like so a little, tra- a little time traveling, all right? Uh, so you know this. No one else knows this, uh, but you can go punch young Adolf in the face as hard as you can this isn't a love tap as hard as you can as a baby and it will erase all of his future sins but you know what he's going to do in the future okay but by punching him you can make that disappear Okay. And little baby Joseph Stalin just to, yeah. gets to keep rocking around in his crib. Well, yes, yes. But you can only be in one part of time. Okay. That's right. That's time. right. One one part of time. But the thing is, is no one in that in that time realm knows what you know. Okay. The dead zone effect. So basically, yes. Yeah. Basically, you are a baby puncher. Yeah. Okay. Dead zone so and butterfly the question is, combined. would you or would you not punch baby Hitler? So we're basically looking at a. Ashton Kutcher, butterfly effect, Christopher Walken, dead zone. Yeah, there's a lot of things in there. Yeah. And it's collision, and all they're seeing is Dr. Emmett Brown (laughs) in this fucking DeLorean. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do with Adolf. That's a mind blow. And we're assuming that the Holocaust is real. Yeah, yeah, because in theory, you know, that's the part I didn't really think about initially is you have to believe that your vision of the future of young Adolf is actually going to occur. Now, the reality of it is if you punch your neighbor's baby unprovoked by everybody else's standards, you're a freaking baby puncher. Yeah. Are, are we before we dive into that? Are we saying punch the baby instead of kill the baby? Like out of no, it's just punch. Well, punch. I know, but why? Like if you could just eliminate Hitler, it's still the same thing, right? No, but it's uh, the, the the question he could be from Twitter from blonde hair, blue punch. eyes was no. just punch the baby as hard as you can. Now, to me, if you punch a baby as hard as you can, babies, you know, babies are babies. 
and yeah, some people are gonna kill the baby. Skull yeah, I mean, you would think, but you know, let's just say that it just if you can't kill it just knocks the baby's head. Yeah, I mean, let, yeah, let's be honest with that. Yeah. You need to get in the weight room. <laughs> you can't kill a baby with a punch, but <laughs> oh, but uh, let, let's just assume that he just gets a massive head trauma and it it rearranges. Yeah, it, are, is it worth the the public, public shame? shame? And to prevent something that no get. one will know that you ever prevented. Yeah. So that's the question. Martyr. Yeah. Time traveling martyr. Yeah. And no one's but still given an have. answer yet, which makes me believe that. Yeah, it's <laughs> not as, not as clear mean, cut. <laughs> not yeah. as clear cut as you would like to think it to be, yeah. for sure. And there's a second part to this. So, I mean, if we get the answer on the first part, then maybe like. I wouldn't because the biggest genocide in uh, recent times was because we threw out a ruler and helped them establish another government. I don't really know where. Somewhere in Africa. So a similar <laughs> thing could have happened. In Is that Germany. Rwanda? Yeah, Hotel Rwanda. Don Cheadle. <laughs> Don yeah. Cheadle. So you want to punch it was the Don Cheadle. Cheadle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. The Tooties. So, the Tooties. They were yeah, part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Tooties. Yeah, yes, 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 sir. I, I'm a big fan of punching babies. So, <laughs> in general. How else are they going to learn? You, they don't speak yeah, your language. That's right. So, Physical violence is the only way. Yeah, I, I'd punch that. I'd punch that baby. Punch that baby. Yeah, put, I mean, put put a picture up on social media in nineteen hundred, <laughs> probably. Yeah. I guess if you want to, but I think you got to do it. Plus, yeah, if, do. if you punch the baby, how many more awesome movies would Hollywood have spit out with? Ten times as many Jews. In yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How many more Harvey Weinstein's would there right. be? Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the secondary thought. Everybody thinks of it as negative. Like I punched a baby. There would be no financial troubles. <laughs> hey, but here's the Fort deal, Knox right? would have no gold. <laughs> the Jews would still have it all. All right. Second part of the question was okay. Given that from uh, at. Yeah, from that, yeah, and thank God Twitter gave us 280 characters now, so we can fit this whole damn thing in there because it's a real mind bender. All right, so given your answer to part A of that question, let's say that that same baby, all right, not named Hitler, evidently, uh, is going to grow up to be a murderer, and in your mind's eye, you see that they're going to murder a single person. Would you still punch the child, knowing oh. that it is one person? We're not talking kill one person. It's affecting, going to kill we're one person. You don't know the humanity. victim. Yeah, we're not talking about killing a million uh, people uh, of uh, a certain religion. Allegedly. Yeah, you're talking about killing. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about killing one person unnamed. Could Pun- be a real Will piece you punch that baby? Would you punch that baby? Yeah, it could be. It could be a, a yeah. Well, just, considering we were hesitant on killing Hitler, we're probably going to be super hesitant on killing the per on punching the baby of, that's only going to affect one person. If we we possibly weren't going to punch them, punch Hitler. Yeah, if you ever had any doubts, <laughs> if you we had, had doubts with Hitler, any doubts, definitely I look at it. I look at it in a completely different way though, because as uh, as a non-Jewish person, the Hitler thing doesn't whoa, whoa, scare whoa. me as You're much. You're not Jewish? No, I'm not Jewish. No, <laughs> you've been in a shower with me. You know I'm not Jewish. Uh, the Hitler thing doesn't scare me as much, but having a killer next door to me growing up 
I like I said, it's an unnamed person that they killed. Could Thank you, in fact, be that person? Because you got to think, if you're a guy that's going to punch babies anyway, you're probably not a dude that, like, a young kid wants to hang around. Maybe he grows up with animosity around you, and you're the one person that he kills. It's an unnamed person. It's just a random person in the world. That does not mean it's not you. So would you be more likely to punch the one, the person that's going to kill one person with the fact that it might be you versus the person that you know is just going to kill, you know, Jewish yeah. people. You understand the odds of that one person being the person that kills you. Uh, it would be like one in like a trillion. What's the per- What's the odds that the baby you punch is going to kill millions of people, uh, you know, all of which uh, decide not to get circumcised until they're 13th? Like that's a, uh, I mean, we're dealing in a different realm here. Well, again, I keep going back to that first one. So uh, what if that was the... What if we were all celebrating Hanukkah had it not been for Hitler right now, and then there's no Christmas presents? I don't think that, that plays a role in it at all. Oh, okay. No. Hitler didn't eliminate Christian. Didn't eliminate the Christian. No, I'm saying. Altogether. I'm saying. He was what, actually a pretty big proponent what if, of that. What if everybody that died in the concentration camp multiplied by X amount of numbers and migrated over here, and things worked a certain way where there were more Jewish people here than there were pilgrims or whatever you want to call it, and we celebrated Hanukkah? And Christmas never came about. It's so facto. I've got smegma on my junk mm. right now. Smegs. <laughs> I tell you this, I when I first heard the question, the thing that immediately popped into my mind was the procreation of that many people living. Because I'm a big population control person, and I, I don't know how you do what, it because it's an odd exactly? topic. Man, hey. That means you're the guy that when you see all these tsunamis and all this yeah. stuff around the you world, you celebrate quietly. Okay. You, <laughs> you, you quietly fist pump. Well, the subtweet about this is, all right, because this uh, blonde hair, blue eyes obviously thinks that we would say yes to Hitler, which he obviously doesn't know us, and then say no, uh, may, there might be some wishy-washy on the single killer baby. All right. But... His whole idea is that means the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? So how many people would that child have to kill before you would punch it? All right, this next uh, question comes from Jinko79, and it says if a uh, cube is a three-dimensional representation of a square, what is a fourth-dimensional representation of a cube? I don't know the answer to this. If I had to guess, I would say Andy Reid's offensive playbook. <laughs> All right, our next question comes from Sports Conspirator 217, who asks Have we ever seen Mark Mangino and Rick Majerus in the same room together? <laughs> it's a good question. Because uh, I don't think since uh, Rick Majerus' passing, R.I.P., that uh, Mark Mangino has been heard from. You know, here's a guy who was at Kansas and absolutely killed it at a place no one's ever been good at and then just kind of fell off the map. So, I mean, perhaps they were one and the same, and the reason we haven't heard from him is that he's passed on to another world. I always thought one of uh, Mangino's biggest advantages as a coach was that when players from the other team got close to him, they got pulled into his orbit, yeah. and so they couldn't they couldn't 
perform on the field due to his gravitational pull. I've actually seen Mark Mangino and Rick Majerus uh, in a Golden Corral. If you go to any, <laughs> if you go to any Golden Corral, you'll see them both. Right, at the same circle time. the soft serve yeah. machine. Yeah. And one of them's going to be there. Yeah, right. I'll tell you a couple places where you haven't seen them together: a king size bed. Or one of those little turny things going into what's that called? The uh, like going into a bank or whatever. Oh, turnstile. Turnstile. Yeah, you've never seen both of them in a king size bed or a turnstile together. I'll guarantee you that. But hidden in his coat is a red 